Want to support the show? How about becoming a Route 16 Grind Patreon today for as little as a buck a month? It's not just a contribution, but an investment that goes directly to the show. Help this podcast expand and grow. Check out our show notes for links to our Patreon page. This week on the Route 16 Grind, in the outdoor update, Chuck and I discuss the effort to fully and permanently fund the Land and Water Conservation Fund. From the field, Chuck and I will talk about scouting, what is it, and why do we do it. In our on-target segment, Instructor One from Riker USA shares some details about pepper fog, spray, and gel. In the rock, mud, and dirt, I will talk about attending a great event this past weekend for a great cause. In the Go Adventuring segment, we have an update from Sir William Goes. Then we wrap up the show with a cup of joe. Route 16 Grind, Episode 15. A little pepper in your life builds character. The Route 16 Grind is sponsored by Sea State Coffee, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, and Route 16 Off-Road. Welcome to the Route 16 Grind, the podcast for outdoor adventurers. Each week, we bring you information related to off-road and outdoor activities. If you wheel, hunt, fish, overland, or are an all-around adventurer, this podcast is for you. Each week, we pour a cup of sea steak coffee and talk about informative topics, the gear, and the training that can help you have a successful outdoor adventure. We have amazing contributors and some great conversation. So, grab your cup and enjoy the show. Here are your hosts, Brian and Chuck. Welcome back to the Route 16 Grind. I'm one of your hosts, Brian. From Route 16 Off-Road, and we're here with Chuck. How you doing, Chuck? Man, I'm doing good, brother. How was your week? It was good. Very busy. It is very busy this week, too, uh, but it's a good busy. You know the deal, man. Yeah, no, it is. Um, I wish I didn't have to work. Time would be uh, a little bit easier to manage, and I'd get to do everything that I enjoy for free. Hey, it's just six numbers away, right? <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I, th- I think about it every day six six numbers or 35 years however you want to slice it (laughs) so we got a great show man we got a lot of stuff this show we got a lot of stuff yeah for sure Uh, um it's i'm gonna venture to say that potentially the best one yet heck yeah i'm looking forward to it we appreciate your posts and feedback one of the best ways to help out the show is to post a five-star review with your feedback on stitcher and apple podcasts this helps us grow the Route 16 Grind audience, and we also get a chance to hear from you. So if you love the show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts today. The Outdoor Update is brought to you by Tuffy Security Products. Having your vehicle broken into is not a laughing matter. Trust Tuffy Security Products to stop opportunistic thieves. Tuffy is the industry leader in automotive security and provides peace of mind when you walk away from your rig. Durable and easy to install. Tuffy Security Products has adventure-ready consoles, drawers, and lockboxes available for you to organize your rig and secure your gear. Visit TuffyProducts.com and use special offer code GRIND to save 10% on your order. Remember to lock it up. Welcome back to the Outdoor Update, the weekly segment where we provide you with stories, news, and information from the recent goings-ons in the outdoor world. So this week, the outdoor update is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to go over 
well, something that happened last night, uh, pretty quickly. And then I kind of want to discuss it with Brian because it's, it's pretty in depth. There's a lot of layers of this onion. Uh, last night, president Trump on social media, I saw it on Facebook. I'm assuming it was on his Twitter, uh, put out the notice that he was calling on Congress to present a bill for, to fully fund the land and water conservation fund which we've discussed previously. It's uh, easily the biggest access program in America. The Land and Water Conservation Fund gets its money from uh, offshore oil and uh, other mineral royalties and whatnot. So essentially, people taking the natural resource, they're paying back into the kitty to support parks, access, uh, public lands, is various projects. The, the most successful piece of conservation uh, legislation that there is, it, it funds a ton of stuff. So he called for support and, or called for a bill, and he called out uh, a couple senators, uh, Senator Danes, and forgive me, I can't, I can't remember the other one right off the top of my head. But these two gentlemen haven't really been – uh, huge advocates for the land and water conservation fund. I'm not going to say that they're, they're based on my knowledge of them. I haven't dug into them too much between last night and today. They don't seem to be uh, tremendous opponents of it necessarily. But when I read it, uh, initially I was like, okay, this is cool. And that lasted for about five seconds. Well, then I kind of got kind of agitated. And the more I thought about it, the, the more, the more, angry I got. And, and the reason I got angry was because although this is something that I've been talking about on this podcast and I've been talking about for like the last year and a half with people and I've been writing letters and trying to get people on board with this that are, that are up on the hill in Washington. It, it was something that it did something that I, I, I rally against quite frequently. And I talk about a lot and that is uh, a lot of issues are politicized and used as political weapons and there's party lines drawn in them that I don't think it should be partisan issues. Conservation and environmental concerns is one of those. Um, some of the solutions may be partisan. I get it, but I don't think the issue itself should be partisan like a lot of conservation issues are. And it drives me crazy. Well, I started to view this as a wedge and it, it was, it was kind of aggravating to me. And I guess now at, at Brian and I can kind of discuss how this, how this goes down and how it looks. I, I haven't, I didn't want to talk to Brian about it before we started the show. Cause I wanted to get his perspective and what he thinks about it. And, um, now after he's kind of heard my feelings, so, We'll get into discussing it. So realistically, so Brian, what do you what do you think? What was your initial reaction when I sent it to you and told you this is what we we're going to talk about? Well, I think you're you're right on target. Where it, it's kind of de- deceptive in one way. Obviously, I mean uh, everything's rolled into politics. Um, so the two senators, Senator Cory Gardner of uh, yep. Colorado, and the other one Colorado. is from Montana, uh, Senator Steve Daines. Daines of Mon- Yep. And uh, so those are the two that were mentioned and necessarily are uh, the, the president's tweet that we were referencing. And um, I think one of the things, so I did a lot of reading 
on it a little bit more. And I know one of the things like the Cato Institute is, is probably one of the bigger ones where, you know, they're all about Liberty. Uh, obviously I, you know, I'm probably as close to libertarian. I wouldn't say I'm fully libertarian, but I'm probably close to it as possibly could be uh, some things I don't necessarily agree with, but it, it's, pretty much they they write about liberty and and this is one of those things that they look at as a pretty much a democrat program and it's kind of scammy in the way that uh the government's looking into privatize or not privatize but looking to take over more ownership of more lands that should be privatized and such so i think there's uh depending on what side of the fence you sit on is your perception of it i think the biggest mm-hmm. issue is there are not enough people involved in the discussion there are people with their own uh, uh, political agendas and not say conservation or and this. And the thing about it too is uh, I don't think the, the argument has anything to do with national parks and all those type of things. I think this has to do with, you know, federal grazing lands and, you know, uh, surplus uh, land owned by department of defense, like all these other things. Uh, right. We know the benefits, like you, especially like you shared. Uh, in, when I read up on, it, I was like, "Oh my goodness, I never knew about this." About like you know parks. So, oh, it's a it's a way that you know towns that maybe they can't build their own parks, they can go get a grant from this fund and they can build a park, they can build yep. a baseball uh, field, and, but it would be a public area. It wouldn't be a private area. It wouldn't be just be for your town. But um, yeah, I think they're taking a topic and they're kind of rolling it in. And I think that's a problem with all the issues we discussed, Chuck, in, in today's climate. Um, it's just deceptive. If we're talking about, you know, medical care, if we're talking about, you know, firearms, it could be whatever you want. Um, and I don't, even, I think the people who are making the biggest noise don't even know what they're even making noise about. They're just, it's like a, you know, just, you know, a, a catchphrase to them. They really right. don't know. And yep. I don't know. I don't think they really understand the impact of of what they're they're looking at. So I would be curious to know how much you know even our president knows about well, and this. I, and I've heard all the arguments. The government's constitutionally, the government's not allowed to own land. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, that's just simply not true. It, it's the the federal government is allowed to own land. The 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 states that are so adamant about dissolving public lands and you're, it's our land, da 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 da. They were offered land. Take as much as you want. Well, this is what we want, and that's what was taken. Okay, this is the agreement, and then you move forward from there. That's to me. That's 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 besides the point with like with this one, with this with the land and water conservation fund. Kind of what the 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 kind of the spark that was getting me kind of worked up about it was the fact that I talked about a bill all last fall that was introduced that was essentially doing exactly what this right here was doing. Now I've got a feeling the way this is playing out, that this money is going to end up, um, it's going to go to access and it's going to go to public lands and it'll probably, if this goes through and everything works out, it'll end up being fully funded, but it'll also be used as a source to supplement the budget cuts that were made to the national park service and, and, and the maintenance of some of our other public lands. And, I, and realistically, if it can get rid of the backlog and if it's utilized to get rid of the backlog of the maintenance and parks, which is one of our greatest treasures, that's fantastic. It, it's, it's I, at the end of the day, I want it to be fully funded. What what drove me crazy was 
he has put out that he's demanding this bill. And then he's saying it will be historic for our beautiful public lands when I sign it into law. And so now this goes into effect. And I think it's, it's, it's utilized as a tool to make the Republican Party. And in full candor, I'm registered as an independent. I don't ride party lines. I don't make decisions based on party lines. And I typically do vote Republican. Just putting that out there. Um, it, it's it's taken something. So you so now you can stick a flag in the ground and be like, we did this. And and, and realistically, I'm going to be super interested to see how, how it plays out. Um, after and it, it, it couldn't have been at a better time. I listened to a podcast, BHA's Cast and Blast. They had the president of Pheasants Forever on there. He was talking about a conservation group that he had been working with trying to help out. And and they were explaining they were a, a new group. It was a group of women trying to get women in the outdoors. And they were explaining the situation to him where somebody tried to come along and buy their organization. And when they refused, they were told, well, we'll just do what you're doing, but we'll do it better and we will bury you. Well, the, the, the president CEO of Pheasants Forever got kind of angry. And when he got angry about it, they were like, no, 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 you need to calm down. Because if somebody else can do what we're doing but do it better, cool, let them do it. Right. And, and essentially their, their message was is like we're, we're – the mission is bigger than the vessel that's accomplishing it. So if somebody else can do it, we don't care. So that kind of changed my perspective a little bit. And, and genuinely, I, it wasn't that I didn't want it to happen because Donald Trump was doing it. That's not the case at all. Like I said, it's I've, that's, that's not the case. It was the fact that it was – it is, especially when you read the comments on the Facebook post, it is driving a wedge. And that's what got me. It was, it was bringing the partisan BS into right. environmental issues. And that's where I was. That's what got me so fuming over it. Um, and the champion people that really haven't been champions for the Land and Water Conservation Fund is just one of those things. And, and just by coincidence, both these guys uh, are uh, up for election. Yeah. So, and, I think for me, I, I'm with you, man. I, I don't vote really party lines. I, I'm, a, I literally am a guy that writes in a ballot a lot more nowadays, to be honest with you. Um, I don't look at what color is on the board. I look at, and, and, and this is something I, I used to listen to a program called the Jason Stapleton program. He's a former recon Marine. Actually, he was mm -hmm. one of my students okay. years ago. Um, but he said something that has always uh, stayed with me. He says, is this moving us closer to Liberty or further away? Because you know you're not going to get your entire way. Like, you want everything to be all like this. Like, I want to be as free as possible, right? Right. Well, you know that's just not going to necessarily be the case. But how do we move closer? Is this moving us closer to that? Um, and that's kind of how I look at a lot of these things. And, and yeah, you had, you had you brought up a good point about with the, the, the land, uh, you know, the government not being able to own it and all, you know, all that stuff that people bring up as noise. You know, the Founding Fathers, they understood that yes you know the the federal government's going to own land but with that said they should try to pri privatize that land as soon as possible if it's you know you know if it's under if if it's not being utilized or whatever for its primary right. purpose of, of what it is so if there's no longer a reason for the government to own it they should release it i think that's where the argument is and like what you said yeah. we're now the argument like this whole wedge thing 
let's focus on what the argument really is versus my team wants to do this today. Because right. if you flip yep. this, you know, and the thing about it was, is uh, some of the things that I read, because they were dated, they talked about this being a uh, Democrat plan, right? But now you got, yeah. the. it's just, again, the flavor of the day and it's ridiculous. Right. Um, and, we, and the bill, the bill last fall was bipartisan. I mean, absolutely, it was, yeah. it was introduced by a, uh, uh, Democrat member, Democrat member of the House, but there were it was there was pretty much bipartisan representation on it, and and then to spin it like this, and then it was obvious when you get on, like I said, when I got on the comments, it was just totally like you mentioned a while ago. Most people don't even have a clue what they're even commenting on and talking about, but they will stand by that when they're in an argument with somebody about how good this president is or how good this person is or how good that person did this. They'll say, well, they did this, but they don't know any of the background noise that went on. They don't know, like in this situation, just six months ago, there was a bill in the house going through committee that would do the exact same thing. And, and I, I will be willing to bet there's going to be some, some, some funky language in there uh, about like, there's going to probably be some dedicated appropriations and everything, which I'm not saying I'm opposed to, uh, which I mean, I will, I'll be cool with it depending on how it's laid out and where it's going. I just, my just huge gripe with it was like, I can't say it enough. It's just the, the, the partisanness of it. And, and it doesn't work when we take two steps forward and, and take two steps back every time. I mean, I mean, shit, when there's a new, when there's a new Congress comes in, a new party takes control. We spent half the first two years or first year, whatever, backtracking on what the last one did. Oh, no, it's ridiculous. But, we know, wouldn't have our children act this way. Yeah. That's the reality of it. And that's the environment we live in right now. And I mean, what have we gotten accomplished? Uh, it just, it's just, it's, it's just not the way to do business. You know, if, uh, back in the eighties, the I don't know how true this is. And I've, I've heard this, uh, reference before. Um, but even if it isn't true, I like the concept of it. So, you know, what I was told, and, and I'm, I'm not a big Reagan guy either, but I'm just going to use a story from his, from his time period. Uh, but Ronald Reagan, you know, obviously President Tip O'Neill, Speaker of the House, Democrat, the way they would try and get things done is I think Ronnie would invite Tip out to his ranch or maybe Camp David, wherever, and he literally would just pour a drink and figure it out. Yes. You know, and I'm not saying you got a drink. What I'm getting at is you have a conversation. Yes. You don't sit there and look at name calling and you're, I mean, you know, you're not getting anywhere. And on top of it, who's getting punished is everyone with that, you know, all, all the people in the country and the aspect of, of the citizens, all the programs, all the things that we're looking to do uh, to enhance and to make our country better um, operationally. Um, and then, and, and in the way that we are, uh, we represent ourselves as well. Right. Um, I mean, it is, it's very poor image. Um, we, and that's, that's what, and when I get in these conversations, I'll tell you, but we wouldn't have our children act this way. And I, I'll be honest right. with you. If you're, if you're a person and you know what, if you don't want to follow the podcast anymore, that's fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings any, but if you're a person that votes strictly because someone puts blue or red on their sign, you're part of the problem. That is, you're I not mean, making it, solutions. You are part of the problem. People don't want to hear it. I've got family that will will do that. You know, I don't discuss politics with people um, in terms of like 
like, what's your opinion? Here's my opinion. And, and let's go back and forth about it. I don't do that because I, for one, I don't, I genuinely don't care. And it's an argument. I was raised. You don't talk about religion and politics around people. That's been with, that's been lost somewhere. Um, I know for uh, when I was a kid, like I remember talking to my grandparents, they didn't know who the other person voted for when the president rolled around. So it does spark controversy. But realistically, yeah, if you if you cannot vote beyond that red or blue, there is a serious, serious problem. And I'm not saying voting off for one party is bad if they align with your values. But if you are willing to sacrifice something of your yourself just because you have to be aligned with that, I got I got real issues with it. Right. You know, I, I really do. And it's like you said, it is it is part of the problem. And I, and I don't mean that negatively and to piss people off, and I'm sure you didn't either. But you need to you need to analyze what you're doing, and and you either need to educate yourself or a little bit more potentially swallow a little bit of pride. I I, I definitely think there needs to be some like some like introspective thought that goes into it. Like why do I do this? Do I genuinely align with this stuff on let's say? Well, let's just say the majority. Okay, that's the easy way to do it. Do I agree with this person on the majority of the issues? Do they fall my way on the majority of things that are important to me? If that's the case, cool. But if they don't, or if you don't know, that's a problem. Yeah, that's definitely a problem. And and yeah, again, I'm not Chuck said it right. I'm not here to piss you off or or make you upset. But you know, one of the things I can tell you what I enjoy about these outdoor activities that I participate in. I, and I've said it, I mentioned it before on this podcast, and one thing I talked about, you know, getting involved in, in the off-road stuff. I literally immerse myself sometimes with people politically. We do not see eye to eye, but that does not prevent us from communi- communicating with each other, supporting each other, right. being friends, and all that. I mean, the communication is so important. If you, why would you not want to hear an opposing side, an opposing argument? Because I'll tell you what, just that's what I love about what you, you brought to the show, Chuck, is you make me think. And that's what an opposing argument does, should make you do. It should be educated, delivered, and makes you think. And you should want to go research that. It's going to make you better, well-rounded. And, you know, maybe you are wrong and you can admit that, but you're not tied to, uh, one brand or another, um, you're tied to what's right. And for me, that that right is liberty. Like me living yep. the most, the, the as free as I possibly can live, that's yep. what I'm about. Yeah. No, and, and, and I mean, you're, you're 100% right. There's no, there's no growth as people um, with, without discussion and without civil discourse with disagreements. Um, and I, and I've posted this on Facebook before, like when some hot button issues come up, like for like one thing that sticks out to me, like happened one time was, um, when, when the, the officer involved shooting in Charlotte, the, the big one, um, I can't, I, I cannot remember the gentleman's name. Um, gosh, right on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, it was, I mean, there was, there was an officer involved shooting and, so of of course, as I mean, there were there were people angry on both sides, um, and I get on Facebook, and it's like nobody's having a conversation about anything. Like you're not solving any problems, no matter what the problem is. You're not solving any problems. Right. Everybody's just either complaining 
or comment on somebody else's opinion that they're wrong. And then it goes back and forth and it's an argument and it, it happens all the time. And Facebook realistically should be the greatest communication tool that ever existed, but it's not. I argue and, and I'm on it. I'm on Instagram. I probably never get off of them. Um, but I, 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 it should be the greatest communication tool ever. You should be able to talk, share ideas. It should be pushing people forward with, with people being able to interact literally around the world, except China. I mean, <laughs> it, but you don't, but people don't, there's not any, if, and, and for the people that are like, Oh, I have genuine, genuine discussions on there. Fantastic. You're far outshined by 99% of the people on there. Yeah, and you know, for me, like I really don't do much on my uh, personal page. Uh, I, I throw out a couple things every now and then, um, but you know how I communicate. I go find the things that I'm very interested in, and I involve myself in those, wherever it may be. Um, I have, uh, in fact, uh, one one uh, uh, gentleman that's running for the Senate in Georgia, uh, not for the Senate in Georgia, but actually the U.S. Senate. Uh, Shane Hazel, he and I were in the Marines together we're in the same platoon. Uh, he's a the Libertarian Party candidate in Georgia. Go check him out. We're going to have him on. Uh, and we're going to, these are like some things that we want to talk about. But I'll, I'll involve myself in those discussions, follow those things. I'll also go follow things that I'm not necessarily, hey, that's just not, um, I don't agree with that. But I'll go on those pages too. So I, I go kind of roam around and, and, and do that and, and get in discussions and, and trying to uh, involve myself that way off of my personal page because my personal page i don't want it to be this big giant argument uh that's not the point of it it's kind of like hey i get to see what's going on in your life hopefully it's positive and maybe right. i show a little bit of mine and and stuff but you know going <laughs> but going back to atlantic water conservation fund here guys you know what you should research this if you i think we've talked about this three or four times and mm -hmm. this is episode 15 so this is something that absolutely is important to Chuck and myself, but you really should go out there and educate yourself on this. And, you know, if this is something that you feel is valid, get behind it, write your congressman, your congresswoman, write your senator, get get out there as far as your opinion. Um, if you don't think it's that great of a thing, but, you know, I'll, I'll say this too on both sides of the coin. You need, to, you need to put out there the why. You can't just say, hey, we need to fund this. Or we yep. need to defund this, however what it is. You need to put the why out there. Um, be, and, in, you know, if there's is there another solution? Because we do need to take care of the national parks. We do need to, you know, find opportunities to grow parks in other communities and stuff. And there are outlets for that uh, privately, absolutely, right. uh, nonprofits, et cetera. Well, maybe put some of that stuff in there. Maybe you've had success with that. But you just being angry because your side's choosing one way or the other solves right. nothing. Yeah, yeah, oh no, man! I fully expect, and and this is the cynic in me. I fully expect the Democratic Party to vehemently oppose this. It is going to be, it's going to blow my mind. But I, I, that's the cynic in me. But realistically, what you said that that perfectly sums it up. I mean, this is this is beyond like public land. This is to the betterment of the public. And don't forget, it's not tax dollars. It's it's not it's it's not a, a hindrance to a corporation. It's just a tax, a tax that we all have to pay. They have to pay these royalties on these oil leases for offshore drilling. So the money comes back to benefit the entire United States, every single county. This isn't a misuse of your tax dollars by any means. 
So, uh, uh, but seriously, like like you said, f- form your own opinion. If you totally disagree with it, I'm cool with that. But just don't make the stuff partisan. Like, don't use it as a as a as a weapon. You're you're weaponizing a piece of legislation. They they not we not you. Donald Trump is with that tweet. That was how I how I felt. At the end of the day, if it all goes through, I don't give a hill of beans. Personally, I don't care who did it, who does it, who signed off on it, who tweeted about it, who rented a banner, flied around the sun for all I care. Doesn't matter as long as it gets accomplished. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Chuck, you know, thanks for bringing us on, man. Uh, I appreciate it. I know we could probably talk the rest of the show on it, uh, but I promise you we'll probably talk about it again. Yep. The Red Warren Badge says you're equipped to handle anything, ready to conquer any challenge that may come your way. That badge has stood for off-road excellence for more than 70 years. During that time, we haven't stopped innovating or striving for perfection. Be ready. Be prepared. Go Warren. When you hear the calls, you know we have a report from the field. And this week, because Chuck and I feel like in a good conversation mood, we are going to talk about scouting. You know, what is it and why do we do it? So, Chuck, what is scouting, man? Uh, Well, it's I I hope the name implies what it is. But essentially, it's getting out in the field and you're looking for the sign of a specific game animal that you're 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 hunting or looking to take pictures of whatever and typically it's done outside of the season uh prior to going in and by sign whether for deer for example uh deer scrape trees they uh with their antlers call them rubs they make scrapes on the ground uh typically these are these are like community areas where multiple deer are coming in and checking these uh scrapes it's a good indicator once you can kind of determine how fresh they are with a little bit of experience. Are deer here? Are they st- deer have been here? Are they still here? Etc. Turkeys, a lot of scratchings. Turkeys give away where they're feeding at. Uh, if you find a tree, they've been roosting in. There's signs sign around the tree where they've been uh, defecating on the ground. Just just different ways. Squirrels. Squirrels get up on logs, eat a bunch of nuts. So that's a, and, and, and so the, sh- the shells are left there, the holes. So that's essentially what you're doing. You're walking through the woods and you're trying to find the sign of, of animals and, and their presence in those areas. Cause an, whether it's, I don't, I mean, deer, turkey, squirrels, animals concentrate in areas. Um, they, they, they have preferences over, over certain places. Um, it's the old adage I always heard. And I know this is fishing related, but 80% of fish are in 20% of the water in a lake. And animals are realistically like deer, especially. They're, they're no different. So that's why scouting is so important. Um, it, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's what success hinges on, like consistent success hinges on scouting. Yeah, you just can't get, walk up there and go, you know, I'll put my deer stand there. I mean, you might find some luck. Right. But scouting is going to help you become more successful. So I went scouting today, man. Nice. I went out anything. to Fort Bragg. Uh, remember, I, I think it was last show I mentioned, hey, I hope my buddy, you know, shows me maybe some areas he went last year and uh, he had some gobbles. So we walked all through those areas, um, uh, the piece of ground at Fort Bragg. 
that yep. he'll be hunting probably. And uh, I might, I might go out there. We'll see. I don't necessarily want to, you know, <laughs> go, go take his area, but uh, definitely learned uh, some things I, I, I didn't even think about uh, when we we're out there too, uh, about, you know, we're not, we wouldn't see a lot of signs as far as the Turkey. We, we did look at a lot of old trees, uh, with branches. We felt they would roost on and see if we could find some droppings or something like that. Um, the, uh, the one thing he mentions is as it's going to start warming up, you're going to see a lot more scratch scratching, you know, because the, the bugs just aren't there right now where, where, because it's oh, yeah. cold out here. So he says, yeah, right, right. When it starts warming up and you can come back out here. And so he showed me a whole bunch of areas and, um, I was real appreciative of that. And yeah, I definitely know that I feel success is out here, man. I just feel it. And I, I could tell you like going out, uh, when we, while I was sharing with you, um, from the deer hunting, uh, this last season, I mean, I learned so much just going out there and walking the ground, even if I was on a hunt and I'm like, okay, I'm not getting any action. I just switched the scouting immediately. I said, well, I don't see the things. I mean, I look at that time. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and start scouting and possibly come back out here uh, another week or weekend. Um, so I really appreciate that. And on top of it, I mean, it gets you outdoors. And I don't think there's ever been a time I've been out scouting. I didn't learn something. Right. And that's the other part of it. Um, because yeah. the terrain changes, um, past might change, the, the, the vegetation change, like out here where they do land management. They might clear this one section or they might plow this section. They, you know, this area, they, they burn down, whatever the case may be. Uh, so the terrain changes. And that's something yeah. that we definitely learned today, um, especially with these large open yep. fields and stuff. Well, uh, and, and, and that's, a, that's a great point to bring up when you talk about terrain and stuff. So like you, you may, and, and this will be something that really comes with, with experience if, if you're a new hunter getting out into the woods like you'll get to an area and you can go, let's say, for example, it's, I don't know, February, March, you know, you, you can still see good. Um, you pick out some trees, but the, the rub trees, for example, on a deer, they're starting to fade out. They're not as, they're not as bright when, it, when a, when a deer first rubs a tree and he rubs that bark off that, that thing sticks out. Uh, the, the brighter it is, the, the fresher it is essentially. But so say you don't find any sign, but you'll be able to identify areas that potentially there's, there's no guarantee. There's a whole bunch of areas that look good. And then at the end of the day, they end up not being good, but uh, you'll be able to identify like little pockets. So you can go back and check those pockets to where you feel like they should be moving in at certain times of the year when they're making their rounds during the rut or, or their feeding sources. Like you said, with when, when properties are managed, they've got, they're feeding in the woods. They've got a lot of greenery. You know, they're going out into the fields late in the evening. Fall rolls around. Crops get harvested. Some of that brow starts dying back where they're going to start transitioning to hardwoods. Well, maybe that's not all in the same area. Maybe they got to go somewhere else to get to those hardwoods to eat that mass, those acorns that are falling down. So that's that's another thing to really look at when you're scouting is those food sources. Your, your buddy brought up a great point um, with the turkeys. The more it warms up, the more scratching you're going to see because they're really going to be hitting those bugs hard. Um, another good thing about turkeys, not just necessarily for like turkey sign, but scout burn areas. Um, turkeys like areas that have been recently burned. Uh, this is because it knocks down 
the undergrowth. It promotes new growth. It gets it gets some litter on the ground. There's more bugs in there. The 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 greenery's coming back. Turkeys just like burns. Um, and and that's something that I key in on in a couple places that I know is always going to have some fresh burns on it. I, I go check those areas. The the turkeys are typically coming through there because and, and another thing about turkeys when it's in the springtime, they like open areas because the gobbler wants to be seen. Right. Um. When he's coming to calls, he's coming to the hen. He essentially wants to get close enough to go. Okay, I know she's right here. She should be able to see me. I'm gonna start putting on my show. So that's another thing about turkeys. They want they want those open areas to 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 show off. You know, to peacock, if you will. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're they're crafty little creatures. Um, yeah. One thing too, my friend was sharing too was about uh, you get that because he had a, a a gobbler come up and it just kind of stopped. And he said, you know what I should have did is I should have picked up and moved about fifty yards back and then do another call. Yep. Um. And and stuff and and because he was telling me a couple things. So yeah, it was a lot of good good knowledge he was passing on to me and. I was really appreciative, appreciative, uh, appreciative of it. And um, I, I tell you, this thing, some of the things you just shared right now, like the area we're in, man, you, you would have loved to see it, Chuck. Yeah. I think it's it is some prime real estate uh, that uh, that's, that's going to awesome. be out there. So, but uh, what about that one place that you and I hunted? Uh, that that one field that I mean, I really felt like that was a pretty good spot. The yeah, where we ended up. Uh, Somebody can kill a turkey out of that field. Turkeys are are there. Turkeys are probably coming there. I would and 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 we weren't there at like a peak week necessarily. We did hear a bird gobble down there. My buddies ended up getting on that bird. Um, the bird just wasn't responding to calls. Had no interest in coming in. We moved on that field that you're talking about. I I would imagine that any given morning there are hens in that field and that right. time of the year. There are going to be gobblers with them. That's what I felt. I felt we were just you know? there too late. Um, yep, a little bit too late. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the best conditions. It was. I mean, yeah, that storm came through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. But at the same time, I think if we would have been on that field that morning, like right when the sun came up, right, we'd have had a really good shot. Granted, when the sun came up, we heard we had birds gobbling. But um, I'm I'm a I I like fields. I like timber too. If if I if I know if I know a bird's gonna come through it, um, I'm kind of I kind of reluctant on timber. Realistically, a lot of times, um, I've I've killed I've killed birds in both. Typically, though, when I kill a bird in the woods, he's adjacent to a field, <laughs> so right. it it's it's one of those deals. Um, but I have been in spots. There's a spot up in the mountains on some public land. I I just haven't got back up there and hunted it yet. It's in the middle of the woods, but it falls down in a little holler and flattens out, and it's as open as can be. And I've just—I'd bet any amount of money in the world that turkeys come in there regularly. Right. Um, It's—it's it's an intersection. It's—it's it's a spot to where I feel like they would be. And I guess—and back to you mentioning the calling and moving back. I'm gonna tell you, silence kills more turkeys. Than any yep. call he mentioned ever that, did because they're all curious. I'm like, get up there, like, yep. hey, where's where's my girl at? Like, yeah, right. call a couple times if if yeah. a, if it's, it's and it's kind of something you you 
you got to figure out. Like, I don't call it every turkey anymore like I used to. It used to be a bird gobbled, and it was just because I wanted to hear it gobble. And I thought that's what you did. But you kind of figure it out. And, like, is that bird killable? Might that bird be killable? Or is there no use? And um, a lot of times it ends up being there's no use. But when when one is ready to come in, you just know uh, a lot of times when he gobbles it's different. But I'll call if if a bird's responding, he doesn't get much more out of me because he's going to come looking. Right. Uh, if you're calling back to him as a hen, the way nature works, he's he's like, oh, she's coming to me. And so, yes, silence kills a lot of birds. The strategy about moving back, that's a real good one, especially if you've got two hunters. Put the guy with the gun out front, call her in the back a little bit. And then that way he's not keyed in on the person right. with the the gun, they're looking at somebody else. But I mean, I know that's a little bit beyond scouting, but yeah, no, I, I, I think the kind of what we're leading to is like, you, I feel you just gain so much more confidence going into that hunt too. Like you, you have a plan. I mean, that's it. I mean, I absolutely, I've walked out yep. there blind and say, like, I'm just going to figure it out as I go. But going in there with the plan, going in there, knowing, Hey, I need, I know what's already over there. You know, I got, you know, depending on what you're hunting, you know, the terrain, you, you know, the, you know, yep. you've got hardwood or not. Um, so you kind of already have a grasp of, of, because really it comes down to this. Once you're out on the hunt, you are on the clock. You literally are. That's one thing, yep. you know, I'm on the clock and depending on the species you're going after, depending on the rules, if, you know, kind of like both those, like on Bragg, on Fort Bragg, uh, you know what he showed me today? He says pretty much you don't get it by nine. You're probably not going to get one. Um, these are hard birds. <laughs> like you know, they are tough. Um, yeah. So realistically, and, at eight thirty, I'm taking a nap. <laughs> eight thirty, nine o'clock. Yeah. And I'm waiting till ten thirty. If I can get a bird to gobble between ten and one, that bird's dead. Yeah, I heard the, the kind of like that magic hour. It's like that ten and two when oh, they start getting yeah. all frisky. That like bird that. is that's a dead bird. Yeah. Ten if and he's two. Gobbling, as long as he doesn't find a hen on the way to you or somebody else call him in, because he is looking at that point in time. But yeah, now I, you, you have to familiarize yourself with the area. You got to think you, it, hunting, and that's one of the things that makes it so challenging. You're going up against an animal that knows every stitch of land that he walks on like the back of his hand. And the animal is never anywhere on accident, there's a right. purpose. Yep. And they know where they are, they're not lost. Food and survival, never, food, survival, yeah. and procreation. Yeah. So uh, the the more familiar you are with an area, just in general, whether you know the sign or not, will help you out. But I mean, I, and and I'm I'll be the first one to admit, my last two seasons, my success rate has been a a factor of my not my hunting because I've been hunting hard. I've been in the woods a lot, but I've not been doing a lot of scouting. And I've been trying to hunt one deer in particular for the past two seasons, but I've been putting in any deer effort. I haven't. I mean, so what I'm saying is, is I should be happy with shooting any decent deer because I'm not going out and trying to find that one deer that I know's there, but I'm not putting the, the studying in to figure him out. Um, and I'll fully admit it and I, and I'm well aware of it. Um, I just spend my time doing other stuff and just, just haven't been doing it like I should. But it's, if, if I were to, if I was to focus a little bit more from, let's say June or July and these deer I'm talking about are on private land. So I'm not putting in a ton of time. I know what they're going to do. I've kind of got somewhat of a semblance of a pattern down. It's just, I haven't put all the pieces together, but if I was to spend like, let's say 
June, July or July, August and the first part of September, trying to do a put a little bit more effort into it. I'm convinced that the deer would already be dead. Um, <laughs> right. I, I mean, or, or at least I would have laid eyes on him and had an opportunity. Let's put it that way. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a guarantee on the kill cause it is a wild animal, but I would have had some type of interaction with the deer. Um, Instead of going in and essentially like, oh, I know he's come through here, come through there, whatever, and I'm guessing it stands, you know, and there's, there's, there, I'm, I'm playing the wind a little bit, but there's no real, like, intricate strategy to going in. And that's one thing I'm going to try to do this year is I'm going to try to formulate the plan and have an actual, like, legitimate plan instead of something that resembles a plan, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. So if we're going to talk about, like, just kind of summarize scouting, I look at it this way. So with scouting, you need to know the species. So you need to study the species, understand how it does what it does, why it does it, et cetera, uh, you know, type of environment it likes to, you know, be in. And then you probably want to get orientation of that environment, maybe a map study, uh, maybe an app uh, that's on your, you know, electronic device, your tablet, your phone. Um, yep. Maybe you want to get, no kidding, and a, you know, an actual paper map. But whatever the case may be, but you probably should do a map study. Then you want to walk the terrain, kind of get an understanding of that. Yep. And then based off that, and, w- and when I'm talking like this, I'm talking like this is not a guided hunt. This is probably public land. Uh, you know, this isn't, you know, a little uh, little extra bumpers that are in there. This is just you going out into the wild, if you will, uh, and hunting. So y- you formulate a plan and then you execute that plan and part of knowing the animal, you understand what weather conditions are going to be like. You understand, you know, the hours, the, what it's going to be doing at what particular hours, all that. So all those are a factor and that is to help you hopefully to become successful. But even then you may not be. Yeah, no, I, I think that, that, that summary right there, that was perfect. Really. I mean, and, and, and beyond knowing like kind of the habits of the animal, you need to know, like what you're looking for and in, in terms of the sign, the tracks, the trails, what, what does it look like? It, it may be a good idea to kind of figure out what other animals are in the area. So if you do see some sign like a trail and you're not sure you could potentially like you could cross that trail off the list cause it may be from a rabbit or if you're in Alabama, it's probably going to be a freaking armadillo. I mean, <laughs> they are everywhere. So it's, I mean, so you, you know, to kind of like, it's because it's not an exact science at the end of the day, you're making an educated guess on the information that you've got. So, but, but to familiarize yourself with as much information as you can before you get out into the woods, it will make it a lot easier. Um, and I do want to recommend like there are tons and tons of videos on YouTube with regards to scouting. Um, I recommend look up the hunting public, those guys, um, scout really well they they kill good deer um but they they scout well they explain themselves well they have a podcast they do a lot of explaining but there are there are multiple folks that you could look into that that have as essentially they've dedicated their lives to getting information out about hunting strategies that you can find on youtube to familiarize yourself and then you can go out and apply it. and you're going to go into an area like say for, like for me i like scouting ridges um with uh some type of habitat breakup i really look for clumps of pines on top of ridges on ridge points and i'll go hit those i may have to walk through four or five of them before i find bucks on 
before I find what I'm looking for. So it's not going to be in every area. But at the same time, I'm also like essentially I am running from one ridge to the next ridge because that's what I'm going to look at because that's where the concentrated sign is going to be. So I'm not wasting all my time in between. So, yeah, YouTube's a super valuable resource to teach you how to read maps, teach you what you're looking for on maps, teach you what kind of cover you're looking for, teach you what kind of sign you're looking for, how to put it all together, the places where you can suspect to see that concentration of sign. So I really encourage if you want some more information, definitely check out YouTube for, for your tutorials on how to scout. Right on, Chuck, and we'll make sure to have the hunting public in the show notes. We'd like to feature your successes and outdoor adventures, so shoot the pics over to us with a brief story. Route16.com and select contact. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com and select contact. On Target. Welcome to our On Target segment, where you receive the inside scoop on brands, products, and training that can help you step up your hunt and range game. This week, Ron from Riker USA shares with us some knowledge and use for pepper fog, spray, and gel. Get the tissues out. What's up, everybody? It's Ron Holmes with Riker USA coming to you on the Route 16 Grind podcast with your practical tactical tip of the week. This week, we're going to talk about pepper fog, pepper foam, pepper spray, and pepper gel. So pepper fog is also commonly known as bear mace or bear spray. And it comes out in a big fog, a big mist to cover a large area. I uh, don't think it has the uh, direct impact as far as the, the reach capabilities. I think it's like 10 to 15 feet is, is what bear fog can hit. But bear fog is very similar to pepper spray as in there's a good chance if you shot this in the wind or on a rainy day, it's going to come back on you or it's going to dissipate rapidly. Pepper foam, you've seen it used by a lot of law enforcement. It's just you spray it and it comes out in big foam and it just expands and goes everywhere. And it's a little comical when you actually see it being used when it's not on you. Uh, I just briefly mentioned pepper spray. Pepper spray comes out like, think about a spray paint can or some type of aerosol that you, you know, uh, an air freshener that you, you, you spray out. That will, uh, you know, you run, like I said, on a windy day, there's a potential for you to uh, you know, receive some of that blast. I use Saber pepper gel. I keep a can in my vehicle. Uh, I actually keep a canister in all of our, our cars and uh, in my EDC. Uh, you cannot travel through TSA with it, so make sure if it's in your everyday carry bag, you take it out. But the pepper gel is great, and the best way to explain this is to think about silly string. Silly string comes out aggressive, fast, and moves pretty far. Uh, and and piles up on uh, you know on the intended target. Pepper gel does the same thing. They say it has about an 18 foot reach before you uh, start to lose your your point of aim point of impact. Uh, I have found that when you spray the pepper gel on somebody, and their initial reaction is to reach up and wipe it off, and when they do this, it rubs it in more, further uh, incapacitating them and giving you the tactical advantage to leave the area. Uh, if you, you know, if you concealed carry uh, or you're on that side of the fence where you're not comfortable or you don't like guns or you don't want to conceal carry, pepper, but you want to have a tool in your toolbox that you can use to protect yourself, pepper gel by Sabre I think is a great, uh, a great mitigator, a great option to have uh, in your 
uh, in your arsenal, in your pocket, in your purse, in your backpack, in your car, multi uses. Um, I, I, I think it's 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 great because it will give you the ability, depending on the, the, the size and, and the ferocity of the attacker, but it will give you the ability to create what I call the STD, speed, space, time, and distance. And that's all you need. You need a small window of opportunity to get you off the X, get you in your vehicle, get you into back into a building, someplace safe, get your phone out, call 911, scream for help, whatever you got to do. Uh, but pepper gel is awesome. Uh, it's great. You could spray it direct, direct pointing at somebody in the rain, and it's not going to dissipate the stream uh, or the impact or the intent of the, uh, uh, of the OC once it hits the skin. Uh, I have used it many times, and I have never had blowback uh, from the pepper gel on me, whereas I have had that happen to me when I've used pepper sprays in the past. Um, just, just a you know, little tip of what I do. I keep it in there. It's a great mitigator, uh, and again, it's, um, it's, it's a good product. So, uh, like I said, pepper gel hands down for me is the best and uh, I think it's something that you guys might want to incorporate into your EDC again that's everyday carry for uh, our uh, non-shooter people out there um, the other thing I will say on a side note uh, for years in the Marines we used to play the uh, pepper spray game and uh, this is just like sidebar kind of funny and if you guys so choose to have uh, uh, office games or just try to play jokes on people Take a little bit of pepper spray or pepper gel, spray it into a face cloth, and then just start wiping down certain areas in, in you know in the office. Like hit a space bar on someone's laptop or their their desktop for work, and hit door handles and stuff like that. Something that they commonly touch, and then they're going to reach up and they're going to rub their face, and um, and then they're going to you know get a little watery nose. Nothing major, but it's kind of fun, uh, you know, especially if you're the only one that, that knows it's going on. And uh, yes, I've. I've done this many times, but it's also been done to me many times. And I was actually done to me first, which is how I um, adapted to the pepper spray game uh, lifestyle. So uh, again, guys, this is Ron with Riker USA. This week's practical tactical tip was uh, about EDC uh, and pepper, uh, pepper gel. And like I said, I recommend the brand Saber. So thank you guys. And uh, thank you guys for supporting the Route 16 podcast to grind. And I will... Talk to you guys next week. You know, uh, Ron mentioned that pepper spray game. I have to, I have to tell you about this, man. So when I was in the Marine Corps, I went through Marine Security Guard School. And you get maced and you get pepper sprayed. Well, the day they did mace, I had my uh, wisdom teeth pulled. So I had open sores so I didn't get maced. They literally made me carry a chair around so I could sit in. I felt like such a lame-o. Um, and... <laughs> And then uh, the the week that they did pepper spray, so you do half the class first, and the other half will do it. So you can you have a buddy to take care of you because you're all miserable. You just got pepper sprayed in the face and stuff. So I was second day. So the first day group went through, but a couple of guys had their retinas burn. And I think it's because the instructors had it too close to the eyeball, like two or three of these guys. So they just called it, hey, we have a bad batch. So I went through Marine Security Guard School without ever being maced or pepper sprayed. I don't know how many guys have done that before, but I'm pretty sure it's a very small category. But, hey, do you carry pepper spray? Is something maybe you carry in the field? I carry – I've got a can of bear spray. Uh, I bought – we were in Utah that I carry. 
um, out there just because realistically I just I was lazy and I didn't want to deal with TSA and a pistol. Um, right. But no, I mean, it, bears, for example, <coughs> if you look at the, the, the research and the experts and I don't know where they're getting all this data. So before anybody goes crazy and goes, there's no way I'm carrying pepper spray or bear spray instead of a pistol. They say that bear spray is most effective. Um, the, the logic behind that is when a grizzly is bearing down on you and, um, you, you, you're essentially ruining a pair of jockeys. Uh, it's difficult for most people to hold it together and, and to stay on target with a gun. Right. Um, and, and so the bear spray is providing you with a, essentially a, a bigger projectile. And now with everything that was mentioned with regards to, with him talking about the the it blowing away and it blowing back on you, those are one hundred percent. Those are concerns. Uh, I guess the 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 one downside to using it for protection against a bear is you have to essentially wait until it's either shoot him in the eyes or the next split second he grabs you. I mean, the bear has to be right on top of you is, is what research says. Um, me personally, I don't carry any, my wife, um, she, she's actually got pepper spray in her car. She also, she carries a sidearm, but all through college she carried, uh, it's not pepper spray, but she carried wasp spray, but that was because you can carry wasp spray anywhere. It's not regulated and it's highly effective. Uh, so yeah, no, I see its merits. I'm kind of, I'm really interested in this jail. Um, and I would be interested in terms of a, a defense, uh, against, uh, some form of an animal attack just because it's, it's, it would obviously be highly effective on humans, but on an animal, what if I hit it in the nose or what if I hit it like on the side of the face or, you know, just miss a little bit and it's obviously not going to rub it in anymore. I doubt. I don't know if 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 the I don't I don't know enough about it to make any comments, but I would have to see like how quick would the impact be felt and hear some obviously anecdotal stories about it. But it's it's super interesting. But I'm gonna go ahead and tell you if you play that rubbing pepper spray on the space bar game at <laughs> my office, somebody's getting fired. And right, it's probably me because I'm gonna kick your. <laughs> Those ass. are the comments of the structure one and Riker. You. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. it, no, that's funny, man. I'm, I'm so glad he mentioned that, dude. That is kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's it's, just, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I know where he's coming from. I, I totally understand. Use at your own risk. How about that? The, the, the psyche <laughs> and the mentality and and the space yes. where he's coming from. But yeah, no, it was. But that one, that one right there, that was fantastic. You know, um, and I, so I reached out to Saber today, actually, and so they okay. gave us a link. And I also have a discount code. I already put it out to our Patreons and to uh, some of our key uh, supporters. And then what we're going to do is going to go ahead and just put that in the show notes and we'll have it. So if you go to that link and one cool thing too, Chuck says, cause we're on a topic. So they also have personal alarms. So you could possibly carry one of these high pitch 120 DB alarms. So for the whole bear thing, you got to make noise, right? But what about one of these big alarms too? And it, it's a paperclip. It's a little, oh, not a paperclip, but it's a, it's a small clip and you know, it has a light on it that you could have. Really? And, uh, yeah, so there's, they have a variety of tools. They have a three in one automotive tool. So it can break the glass, it can, you know, cut the seatbelt. And it's also the, the, um, the spray itself. And so I, I went out there today actually and I bought one for my wife. Uh, 
And uh, they also have like ones you can put in the house and stuff. So go check them out. Uh, we'll have them in the show notes as far as that link. Use that link. Use the promo code. You'll get 15% off. For sure. Enjoy that code. That's awesome. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, Chuck, you, you mentioned the Linville area up in uh, Fisca Forest, which is pretty funny because I've got a couple of days off work coming up, and I was thinking about doing like a two or three day overland trip just through the uh, forestry service roads of the Linville area. I've never really been up that way before, and uh, I wanted to check it out. And it's just a coincidence, I guess. It's meant to be. So uh, I'll let you guys know how my trip went, and uh, I'll let you know if I run into Squatch while I'm up there. If I do, I'll get an interview with them. <laughs> but uh, I routinely, well, I can't say routinely, but a few times, just head out in the Jeep and head up into the mountains with uh, just a topo map and a compass and just drive around and see what, the, what you see. If you're on a road that gets too rough, just turn around and come back. You know, I, I think everybody should do that at least once in their life. Just go out there and get lost. There's, there's a whole world out there just waiting for you. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling because I got a very serious question. If a jogger is running at the speed of sound, could he still hear his iPod? <laughs> All right, guys, you keep up the good work, and I'll chat at you later. Bye. He's throwing us for a loop there. He's all talking about, you know, hey, go out there and adventure, you know. And then he brings in that joke at the end there. Yeah. And, of no, course, well, there was a Sasquatch I, I, thing in there. <laughs> well, well, I guess before I, I tell him good luck and everything on his adventure in the Linville area. So the listeners don't know, but I don't hear the Nikki G phone calls until we're actually recording the podcast. Um, so they get they get they get played as, as we're recording it. Some of the, some of the, the, the interviews and everything in the other segments that I'm not involved in, I do, I do get to hear those ahead of time, the majority of the time. But with this, I, I do get to read a transcription of, of Nikki G's, uh, voicemail, but I always read it as he's saying it. Well, tonight I read ahead a little bit as he was talking about the road getting too rough and all, um, and everybody getting out on adventure, and I read ahead of the joke, and almost ruined the whole voicemail because I was like, "Oh man, he's like being really, really serious all this," and I was like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> I know it came out of nowhere. Yeah, crafty. But it, it, that was a good one. But no, yeah, Limbo's fantastic. Um, get up there and catch you some trout uh, in the wilderness area. It's uh, get down to the river. Uh, it's been a while since I looked at the map up there, but I do believe there are some wild trout waters where you can potentially keep some. Right now, you can't fish in any of the uh, hatchery-supported waters. They're shut down until the beginning of April. But, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Table Rock is an awesome spot to go check out. Ride up to it, park an area, walk around, hike up. Um, plenty, of, plenty of the Forest Service roads, though. So. In the Rock, Mud and Dirt is brought to you by Warren Industries. At Warren, we pour our effort and our thirst for adventure into every product we make. You better believe American pride runs deep here in Clackamas, Oregon. 
Here, a small army of engineers, technicians, machinists, and assemblers design and refine worn products, bringing them as close to perfection as possible. Their work is backed up by legendary quality control that doesn't just stand up to rigid worn standards. It lives up to the toughest demands of the world's top vehicle manufacturers and military suppliers. How do we know? Because they've partnered with Warren for decades. This quest for peerless reliability, this worn difference, will be around as long as Warren Industries is in business. At least another 70 years. Go prepared. Go Warren. Welcome to the Rock, Mud, and Dirt. This segment where I talk about the brands, products, and events from the off-road world. This week, I'm going to share with you the wonderful time I had this past weekend at the Get Ugly Off-Road Swap Meet in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It was a cold day with a heavy breeze, but the sun was out, and some great folks came together to help support and raise money for off-road outreach, an organization focused on providing support to homeless and at-risk veterans. The Swap Meet brought together some great clubs from Little Rampage Off-Road, Cape Fear Crawlers, Infidel Jeepers of NC, Carolina Trails Off-Road, Wicked Jeeps, Nightcrawler 4x4, and more. I also had a chance to catch up with the Route 16 crew members, Frank the Tank, G-Mags, and Fireman Frank. We also caught up with Cheryl from HerJeepLife.com. It might have been cold and windy, but it wasn't going to stop this group from meeting up and selling some parts. There were plenty of great deals to be had on tires, wheels, grills, bumpers, lights, exhaust, and various parts and accessories. Heck, I was able to sell an old decommissioned T10 parachute canopy top that I had from my Marine Corps days. Gina and the Get Ugly Off-Road team, with the help of many volunteers, made what was essentially a meetup into a community-supporting event with an opportunity for many of us to clear out some of the space in our garages with parts and others that others could use. I hope to support more of these meetups slash swap meets this year. I think they're a great idea. I did not get the exact figure of how much was raised for off-road outreach, but regardless of the amount, it will go to some great use. I love seeing those faces as I miss those conversations from the trail. Of course, how much I was talking about turkey hunting, go figure, I might have recruited some new hunters over the weekend. We shall see. This trail season, I hope to see these folks once again and meet up with some new ones. But it must. But truth must be told, though I might be hitting the trail, the mornings in April and May will belong to the field in the pursuit of a gobble. Since 1989, Tuffy Security Products has been the industry leader in automotive security. Tuffy has a variety of vehicle-specific consoles, drawers, and lockboxes. Tuffy manufacturers adventure-ready organization and security for your Jeep truck or suv visit tuffyproducts.com and use special offer code grind to save 10 percent on your order go adventure welcome to the go adventuring segment this is a segment we celebrate the people groups and organizations that bring positive outdoor adventures to you this week we catch up with sir william goes from episode seven he and his better half, Lady Christie, share with us an update on their RV adventuring journey. What's happening? It's Sir William and... Christie? <laughs> I don't have a cool nickname. <laughs> I don't even think I had a nickname growing up as a kid. No? No, never. Well, for those that don't know, Christy is my better half of 16 years. And when I say better half, she is all of that. Extremely better half. Anyway, this is our very first Go Adventuring segment. We're super stoked to be here. So we're going to do these little segments and so that way they can keep up and the folks um, listening can keep up 
where we're at, what we're doing, and all that. So, okay. Brian, we appreciate you having us on. To kind of update everybody, we moved into the RV this week. Yeah. Yeah. Been stressful. And been a little stressful. You know, I wouldn't say it's been stressful. It's just it's been um, it's it's a learn it's a constant learning process. The very first thing that we've learned is that this is a busy lifestyle, which we said that we both agreed that it would be busy. It would be busy. And hectic. The plan is is we're going to stay here for a bit. We've got to build Imogene up. Imogene, for those who don't know, is a 21-foot travel trailer that we've moved into. It's Christy and I and two dogs. And our plan is to uh, just travel like a leaf wherever uh, wherever the world takes us to. A leaf. Yeah, just kind of blow along blow in the breeze. In the wind. Yeah. And uh, as long as it's not cold or extremely hot, we'll, we plan to be there. So uh, we're looking forward to that. But we've got a little bit of work to do to Imogene first. So the number one thing we've got to do is we've got to get our own self-sustained power. Yes. And so our plan for that is um, I'm going to get one of these inverter, charger, converter, automatic switch things. I think that I've got a brand picked out, but if you guys want to help with that and tell me which one you think and why, if you've got the knowledge, um, I'm open to your suggestions. Hit me up at Sir William Goes. I'm on all the social medias as Sir William Goes. But yeah, so I've got to get one of those automatic transfer switch things. Then we've got to get batteries, and I'm thinking three batteries should be enough, I hope. And then the panels and wiring and... Yeah, and then we got to do it. Uh, yeah, which, then you got to put it all together. Yeah, that comes the, the other thing. So the thing that we're learning about RVs is you're not a handyman. You're going to have to learn to be you a handyman. you got to figure it out yeah. quick. Stuff if you're living in apart. one of these, yeah, if you're living in one of these, they are going to fall apart on you. Um, it's, just a, it's just what it is. And to be completely honest with you, I would have rather have spent the same amount of money and built our own. But, but unfortunately, we just can't do that. Well, yeah, banks don't want to lend money for you to go piece together, piece together <laughs> something that you're going to live in full time as it travels travels down the road. They don't really like that. So yeah. we were kind of... So, and we didn't have the money to front, you know, all the costs. Because it is a significant cost. It's yeah. expensive. Even if we built it, it would be a significant cost. And we probably would have spent more trying to build something. Because we would have chose better material. Better material, yeah. But anyhow, um, so yeah, we've got to learn how to do that. The thing about these RVs and the reason that you have to be a handyman is because the uh, RV repair places have like this extremely long wait time and that's what we found out when we had something wrong. Luckily I was able to fix it and it was just some clamps that needed to be done. It was like a leak in the bath. Yeah so it's it's and that's probably the scariest part for me is if you know substantial and it's not something that we can fix and it takes months to get it fixed and where are we going to stay while it gets fixed. There's just a whole nother set of worries and concerns Concerns with being with that. A, being, well that and just being in a travel trailer in general like you know the space the space so far um hasn't been an issue no i, think, I don't feel. i think for me you and, and two dogs it's it's plenty of space going into it i didn't think that it was going to be plenty of space but now that we've been in it essentially almost two weeks kind of at this point you just kind of figure out new places for things to go and your new routines and like getting ready for work in the morning you can't do it in you know in that tiny little bedroom i have to do it literally in our living room kitchen bathroom yeah that's been a little bit of a struggle bus there is just figuring out kind of where's the best 
place to set things, where's the best place to do things. Organization. Organization, stuff like that. Um, and Every inch yeah, matters. Yeah, <laughs> everything. It's definitely going to be an adventure. What we're doing is we will be traveling across the United States. That is going to be a show in itself on the YouTube channel. And then we're going to be launching a web series that's going to be focused on off-roading, overlanding, all that good stuff. We're going to go to different parts of the U.S. and film various different aspects of the off-road and overland community and everything in between. I really want to focus on the rigs, the people, and the places. So we're really looking forward to it. I'm glad that we are staying here while we build up and, and kind of we have the ability to figure out everything that we need. Now, we are not full boondocking where we're set up at. We're set up on some family land, and we are what I called yesterday. Mooch docking? Mooch docking. Yeah. So we're basically plugged up with an extension cord to uh, my cousin's house, which is my great-great-grandmother's old house here outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And we will be here pr at least for the month of March. And our plan is to leave next month. And I'm hoping that I can get the batteries, the inverter, charger, converter, transfer thingy, the whole off-grid setup, I'm hoping that I can get that done. We're going to power it with a generator at first, and then I'm going to add solar later on. So I'm looking forward to getting that done this month. And in the meantime, we're going to be doing all the figuring out of the routine stuff, which we're good at that. I mean, like when we did the Transamerica Trail, it was we figured that stuff out quick. Well, the thing for me when we did the TAT, it's crazy because that was easier for me than this is. I'm not quite sure why, but going without power, water, what do you call it? Bricks and stones house or sticks and stones sticks and bricks. or whatever you, yeah. So, you know, putting up the tent every day, taking the tent down every day and only worrying about me and you and, and our needs was just so much easier for me to adapt to, and I adapted to it extremely fast. I did a lot of camping as a, as a child, and I've always been outdoors anyway. But now that we're in this, and we're responsible for me, you, and the, the dogs, dogs, and the dogs, and, and their care and their needs, and making sure they get out and stretch their legs. and That's really so. the, only, the only worry of mine in the whole thing is the dogs, because that is a constant deal. It Especially is. since you can't run the AC because they've got to maintain a good temperature and we are ultimately in the south. And what I'm finding the first obstacle is is running these fans is um, relatively decent, but we're going to need some better fans. When you open up the windows. Now, if you can't open up the windows, then that whole plan goes out the window. Like today, pouring down rain. You today was pouring down rain. By the, the way... I'm pretty sure that we're going to just have to start kayaking to work here shortly because <laughs> it has been raining so much. All right. Well, that's an update from us. One weekend, roughly, to mm -hmm. the living in the, the RV. Um, just a couple days in this weekend to actually not having a house to sustain us. And, uh Yeah. So far, so good. We're figuring it out. It's going to hey, be a fun day. adventure. Uh, follow us on the YouTube channel, Sir William Goes. Check us out on Instagram. I'm at Sir William Goes. I'm changing my name. I don't want to say mine yet. Okay. I'm changing mine. 
right. Well, I'm at Sir William Goes. You'll see Christy in and around mine. Eventually. Shortly. <laughs> you can also follow USA on Dirt. Check that out. There is uh, plenty of stuff to come on that. So I'm getting super stoked about that. By the way, if you've got a special part around your area or a group that you like to go off-roading with, or a really badass rig, or all of the above, hit me up on social media. I'd love to come through. We'll film an episode of USA on Dirt with you and your buddies at your favorite place to off-road, overland, and camp. And I look forward to seeing you out there on the trail. Till next time. Peace! Want to be on the show? Maybe share with us some interesting hunting, fishing, overlanding, wheeling, or adventuring news? Then give us a call at the Route 16 Grind Hotline at 919-694-3356, and maybe you will be on our next show. The Cup of Joe segment is brought to you by C-State Coffee. Have you ever actually drank good coffee? Stop wasting your money on old, stale coffee from the store and make the switch to C-State Coffee. C-State Coffee is a United States Marine Corps veteran-owned and operated roastery, selling premium coffee that's roasted on order and delivered fresh to you. Order your coffee today at www.cstakecoffee.com. What a great show. It was, man, it was. Um, I guess one thing we need to do is go back to episode 14, though. Yeah, we, we, you know what? We gotta throw this out there. So definitely want to mention uh, how great it was to have Dead Man Offroad on episode 14 um, and their product and the interview with Bryant there. Chuck and I got started talking about turkeys and we just, like a little bit of this show, we just kind of go off course and it just takes over. But really appreciate Dead Man Offroad. I really appreciate the uh, promo code they have offered. Um, it's been our show notes. We'll go ahead and put in this show notes as well. If not, hit hit us up and we'll give it out to you. And then uh, Instructor One, man, what's up? Ron, coming up with a great, great uh, segment this week with the pepper gel. And last week, you he talked about the med kit and the importance of having that on you, regardless of what you're doing throughout your day. Um, believe it or not, hey, Chuck, you know, people, I got hit up a lot about more, our listeners want more uh, medical training uh, information, what to carry, yep. all that stuff. So I, I, I've researched it's such it a, a big bit. deal, man. Yeah. If, right. If you're out and about, I mean, I don't, I don't go unless I'm hunting essentially right out my back door. Um, we, me and my wife, we don't go hiking, backpacking vacation at all without taking our first aid kit. Uh, the one thing we don't have in it is a tourniquet. And I've been meaning to get one since we had tourniquet training recently at work. But no, the 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 med kits are essential, and they don't have to be crazy complicated nope. either. And it's it's a whole heck of a lot cheaper to build one. But yeah, no, the 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 med kit and the the first aid training info that Ron gave was was spot on. So I've gone to like obviously my Marine Corps days, ton of medical training. Uh, specifically in the the field that I was in. I mean, it was so important because it's just you and couple of you know guys out there in, in no man's land and that's all you got um but outside of uh, my military experience uh, it's been it was a little bit and i was like you know i need to go get refreshed i went to wilderness first aid uh it's based yeah. off the solo uh program and i've hit up my uh wilderness first aid instructor to see if maybe he might want to do an interview and stuff he's got a really busy busy schedule but they train you 
to where you're in a situation literally out in the wilderness, whether you're hunting, whether you're hiking, climbing mountains, whatever your outdoor extreme activity may be, if you will, um, you're outside that golden hour of support where you you just there, you won't get medical uh, responders will not be able to get to you in that golden hour. So what do you do? And they right. work through yep. all that. And there it is. It is phenomenal training. I really appreciate it as a two day, you know, all day type of training uh, session. And I can tell you right now, I mean, I, I give it props and hopefully I'll be able to bring him back on. If not, then I'll, I'll definitely point you in that direction. And we're going to definitely bring some people on. It's, it's, it's on the list and I appreciate all the feedback we got from that. So thank you, Ron from a uh, Riker USA. Um, and yeah, thanks for this week's segment. Look forward to more information you provide us. And then what's up, man? Catching up with Sir William, man, and his Definitely. Lady Christie. That's what we're gonna call you. We're gonna call you Lady Christie <laughs> until you until you change your name to something that, that is approved by you. But so it was great to hear about that. I'm excited about their travels. Uh I'm jealous. Yeah, right? Yeah. Good uh, for um, them. Um I, I do. I, I wanna I wanna live out of a camper, get rid of everything, live live tiny. Nice, compact, you know, but it, man, it would, it would be so difficult at the same time, um, to do it, but it, it would be so awesome to see those things. And I, I think everything that he's doing is fantastic. I, well, uh, I, I, I love the honesty of it too. Like you were just talking about how differently like they literally are saying, Hey, this ain't easy. It's not something you just, ah, well, we'll go buy, you know, an RV and just, that's it. You know? Yeah. Yep. This is something you're thinking about. You definitely want to go follow Sir William and Lady Christie and, uh, you know, take, pick, pick some notes. And I have, hey, s- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you do have to be a handyman too. When he, when, uh, when I first listened to it, he was talking about that. I was like, oh, he's already realizing it because they, they make two kinds of campers, campers that leak and campers that are going to leak. <laughs> right. He, I, I talk it to him from episode seven. He had no love for RVs. Like he's like, these things are expensive pieces of crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you look at it, it's essentially a house that somebody's built, put on wheels for, 25 grand so yeah the uh it, it's uh it's pretty good but uh i'm, I'm looking forward to what he also i i in fact uh, i'm gonna probably hit up my friend brian uh from carolina trails off-road and let him know he's down in columbia south carolina i know they're having a get together in florence probably this weekend or something maybe they can link up that's a great group they got a lot of knowledge and maybe uh, can help him out as far as his uh, electrical work that he's doing and point him in the right direction there. So we got some change in the show coming up. Want to break that news? Yeah, we do, man. Um, as everybody knows, like I've, I'm, I'm really like, I've, I don't shy away from being like head first into the conservation world. And I, I don't really want to beat around the bush, but I'm, I'm going to have to take a, a step back from the show and, uh, I don't want to say leave leaves leaves the wrong word, but I'm going to be uh, uh, stepping down as a weekly host. Um, next week's going to be my last episode um, in in kind of a permanent position. I'm still going to be coming on in uh, various capacities for different episodes, whether it's a uh, um, me Brian interviewing somebody or or me just as a guest with a with another guest. However you want to spin it. Uh, maybe doing outdoor update segments intermittently and things like that. But realistically, like I told Brian last week, um, I, I, I don't have the time and the energy to, to put into this. Um, I've, I've taken on additional responsibilities 
uh, with one of my organizations in particular, Gaston Paul's, and I'm the president of that. And they they deserve my time. And that is it's it's a local initiative that I that I'm really uh, passionate about. Um, and realistically, at the end of the day, it, it's not fair to Brian for for I, like I said, I, I, I literally I can't I don't have uh, uh, the energy nor the time to really spend doing anything extra on any other extra activities. Um, my life is a, a schedule. Um, if, if anything goes wrong, I have to schedule it. I have to schedule to help my grandparents out with stuff. I have to, I, I, I mean, the, my life schedule, the, 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 the long and short of it. And, and Brian has, has got s- such a big drive for this podcast and, and the route one six brand in general that I don't think it's fair for, for him to be expecting s- stuff from me that I, I know I can't fulfill. And, and and realistically, it's. I mean, it's it's one of those deals. I hate to do it. The the show's really starting to hit its stride. I think we're starting to figure out exactly the avenue to go on, and 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 how to keep it interesting, and 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 how to have our conversations and still keep the segments in and everything. But it's just, it's one of those things. It's 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 something I've got to do for me personally, for for my wife, um, and and just for my my life in general. Um, uh, just, just to kind of keep chugging along and kind of to, to stick with what I'm passionate about and, and, and to, to maximize my efforts in, in conservation with the little bit of extra time that I do have. Um, I, I, I'm just, just going to scale back on a lot of things just in general that I do in extracurriculars and really focus on the ones that are extremely important. But, um, Brian was extremely gracious when we had the conversation um, as I expected him to be, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, next week's the last one for me as a, as a full-time host, at least for a while. Um, so yeah, Chuck, sorry, I mean, it, it's not I've easy. Appreciated man. It. Yeah. It, it's not easy. And, uh, no, that wasn't easy for you. You know, you set a high bar. Uh, it's just the reality. We, we talked about it a couple yeah. times and, um, you know, the, the, the show will go on and we will see you again. Uh, we will miss your voice every week, but when you're able to come back on, you're always welcomed. And we know the knowledge that you will impart upon us uh, will make us better. Um, far as, you know, hunters, uh, recruiters for the effort, um, conservationists, et cetera. You, you're out there committing your time and energy for that follow-on generation. And then for people like myself, I would not have taken on any of this stuff this last, you know, 13, 14 months, whatever it's been, for had it not been that moment that I met you at an off-road event of all things. And I said, hey, man, I want to go turkey hunting. You're like, I'll take you. You know, I mean, it really is it. And so for you to be able to be more available to encourage others to – get into hunting or to re-energize that for them. I'm all for it. I'm yep. all for it. And it would be selfish of me saying, no, you need. So I appreciate your time and energy. Um, I enjoyed meeting your wife and I know there won't be the last of us. We're definitely going turkey hunting still. I will hold you oh, to yeah. that. But yep. whenever we hear from you, absolutely. where you're always welcome. And uh, so that throws out too. If you have somebody, if somebody's out there that, might be interested in uh, taking a little bit of song. I've had a couple people already hit me up, but we'll see where it goes. 
Um, yep. uh, you like know, I, said, I mean, I, I, I'm still going to be around and everything. The, 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 besides the obvious of leaving the show and kind of, kind of leaving you hanging, whatnot. You didn't um, leave me hanging, man. It's like life. This, I mean, realistically, I get just as much out of like putting together the information because it's helped me be like that much more educated. Uh, because you have to, I always felt like I had to be on the majority of the topics. Um, I took the approach of I needed to be familiar familiar enough with it to where and understand it enough to where I could explain things simply. So it caused me to to do a lot more research than what I typically done, get a little bit deeper in things that what I've, than what I normally did, and, and that's one thing that I've taken away from it. And I, that's something that I'm going to keep doing to try to get information out because I've enjoyed the part of getting the information out to people um, a lot. Um, and that's why I, 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 I do hate to walk away from it, but I, I think I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to write like just like random blog post or, or what I'm going to do about, about things that pop up. Uh, of course, still probably when things pop up, I'm going to be calling Brian, reaching out and being like, Hey man, let me do an outdoor update. This came up. Let's, let me, let's talk about it. Let's get together on like a Saturday or something. I'm going to be a little bit more flexible to kind of, to come and go and be, be a little bit more fluid. Um, so, yeah, not out of Brian, man, I appreciate it. Um, it's, it's, it's tough when you, when you first called me about this and, uh, like I was like, I don't know, uh, but your, your enthusiasm for it made it, made it real simple. Um, and like I said, I've just, you're in it for the long haul and, and, uh, just being honest with everybody. I just, I just, I can't be cause I'm in other things for the long haul. Yeah, right so, on, man. We're always yep. here to support you, Chuck. Don't don't forget that. So anything we can do to help you and and all the things you're going to be doing for your community, please reach out and let us know how we can help. Thank you all for joining us. Remember, if you have an idea or maybe you would like to contribute to one of our segments, all you have to do is go to Route16.com and select Contact and let us know your idea. That's Route16.com and select con- Contact. R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X dot com. Thanks for listening to the Route 16 Grind. We want to thank our amazing sponsors, Warren Industries, Tuffy Security Products, C-State Coffee, and Route 16 Off-Road for their support. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and more. Just look for Route 16, that's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X, or just go to Route16.com. Until next week, plan smart, be safe, and as always, be prepared. You might want to scout your keyboard before you touch it. Yeah!